trust in the finished work of Jesus. Because I... All right. Well, we're going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit in just a moment. Y'all been getting something out of this? Uh, I know Carla ministered, blessed us last week. Amen. And uh, so it's been a couple weeks since I taught on the Holy Spirit. We had, I believe, a couple of lessons. Is it one or two? Yeah, two. This is the third episode. Y'all ready for the word? Y'all awful quiet. Say, I'm ready to receive. All right, we're going to jump right into it. We'll give you a little bit of review to catch you up. Amen. Repetition is one of the keys to learning. And so in John 14, 16, this was our foundation verse. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father. How many of you know Jesus gets what he prays for? I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. You believe Jesus gets his prayers answered? And that's another helper, one just like him. One who will, the word another means one who will do in my absence what I would do if I were personally present with you. So Jesus sent someone just like him. If you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what Jesus is like, look at the Holy Spirit. And see, the the, the Holy Spirit will, he's going to uh, reveal Jesus to to you. He will reveal the Father to you, and they all work um, together. One wouldn't do something that the other wouldn't do. And Jesus did not put any sickness or disease on people, did he? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we know then that God would never put sickness or disease on you because Jesus never did that, right? And so the Holy Spirit is going to be just like the Father and just like Jesus, Jesus went about doing good, so the Holy Spirit will only do you good. God only got good stuff for you. He's going to give you one just like him who will do in Jesus' absence what Jesus would do if he were here. And that he may abide with you forever. Now, they, 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 they were a little sad because Jesus was talking about going, but actually he's going to give them uh a better ministry because in another place he said, it is expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go, the helper won't come. But if I go, I'm going to send him, not it. He is a person who lives on the inside of you. I, I, I will send him to you. Why is it more advantageous or expedient or advantageous that he go? Well, because the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. Because Jesus in his ministry could only be at one place at one time, but now through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, see, you had to be where Jesus was to be healed. 
to get what Jesus had, that, that woman with the issue of blood. She came to him to where he was. That's the only way she could get healed. But now, when because of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus, now everybody who receives Jesus all over the world have Jesus living on the inside of them. That includes y'all. So the Holy Spirit, that makes him unlimited. That makes God unlimited. That makes Jesus unlimited through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So you can get healed anytime. You don't have to make your way to a healing meeting where somebody is anointed. You're anointed. The anointing which we have received of him, 1 John 2 says, abides in you. Now, that's not to say that you can't go to a healing meeting and get healed. There are uh, ministry gifts that, that have healings, anointings, and, and things of, of that sort. But because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you don't have to go to that to get healed. You don't have to go to a healing meeting. You have the healer living in you. All right. And how long will he abide with you? That's the key word. Underscore that. Highlight that. Put circles around it. Stars around it. Emojis around it. <laughs> if you can, if you're able. Thank you, Lord. Because forever means forever. He will never leave you or forsake you. So he, so, so you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I, why don't y'all say it? Say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I, I will, will not, not fear. fear. What can man do to me? There it is right there. You know what that's connected to in Hebrews 13? That he will never leave you. So we can walk around here with boldness. The righteous are bold as a lion. We don't have to fear. If all men forsake you, he will never leave you or forsake you. If people turn their back on you, he will never, 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 ever, ever, ever. He'll never because forever. <laughs> Got a hold of that? Thank you, Jesus. Then we learned last week that the scripture, we went to the scripture, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And many people stop reading right there. But it says you have to go on reading. Because if you just stop there, it just seems like, well, we'll just never know. I mean, we'll never know the things that God has prepared for us. No, the Holy Spirit, one of the things that he's come to do is to show us everything that God has for us. But there's a key word in there that I want you to see that you can miss if you're not careful. In verse, in verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Now, now here, here's the key word, though. 
Now, you just jot this down. This is not in your notes for today, but we covered this last week. God revealed them to us through his spirit. This is 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and 10. And then verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. See, the spirit of the world is fearful. It's a, it's a spirit, not, it's, it's, it's like a, a, see, God has not given us the spirit of the world, which is a spirit of fear. Always afraid about what might happen, afraid of loss, afraid to fail. Afraid to step out on your dreams. Fear of being sick. Fear of getting cancer or having a terminal disease. We've not received the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And it says that we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. This, This comforter, this helper, strengthener, Stand by. Thank you, Lord. He said, I'll give you another helper. The spirit who is from God, watch this, that we might know the things that have been freely, here's the key word that I wanted you to see, freely given to us by God. These things cannot be earned. It's because of God's unmerited favor. We've been given the Spirit of God, and he shows us the things that have been freely given to us by God. So all these blessings that we have, he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And they've been freely given. Not, Not because of your obedience but because of Jesus' obedience. Now, let's let's get into some more fun stuff. John 16 and verse uh, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to you. I made reference to this earlier. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus only has the truth. (laughs) It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, now let me just stop right there. Has anybody ever, <laughs> has anybody ever heard that the Holy Spirit will convict you of your sins? I'm going to show you from the Bible where people get that from, and it's because of a misreading of this verse. The Holy Spirit, how many of you are believers? The Holy Spirit will never convict you of your sins. Never. Because Jesus was already punished for your sins. Oh, the Holy Spirit just convicted me. You didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. You you did this wrong. You did that wrong. Didn't do this. Didn't do that. See, those voices, you need to understand where those voices come from. And we don't... We should not be ignorant of Satan's devices because he is the guy who uh, goes around 
putting these thoughts in your head. And if you don't know the word, you won't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. And you will attribute these voices to God when actually it's the devil. You didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. You should have done this. You should have done that. You did that wrong. You didn't do enough of this. You did, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit got all over me and told me I have not been witnessing like I should. Yeah, he's got all over me and told me I haven't been praying like I, that is not the Holy Spirit. It is hard to live with a nagger. Nobody wants to live with somebody who nags. Some husbands want to say amen, but don't. <laughs> just, it's just difficult. You can't, nobody wants to live. I mean, it's difficult. Proverbs says, I mean, it, it's uh, easier to live on a rooftop exposed to all kinds of elements than to live with a fault-finding woman. Amen. 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 Do you think the Holy Spirit is a fault finder? Just going around looking for everything you did wrong, ready to pounce on you at the least uh, 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 infraction? That is not the Holy Spirit. Let's jump into this right here. So don't take my word for it. Now, how many of you, if you've been in charismatic circles a, a long time, you, you've known that all oh, this, the Holy, when you hear about the Holy Spirit convicting, you hardly hear about the thing that he's really convicting you of. <laughs> I can't wait to get into this. I'm just setting you up. But I want you to think about this. It's like, okay. There is no scripture that says the Holy Spirit is convicting you of wrongdoing. We're talking about this, the, you know what the title of this message is? The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the new covenant. See, some people are still under the old covenant. But we're in the new covenant. This is fun stuff to me, man. See, so, so, when he has come, who is he? The Holy Spirit. And, he, and he's here because Jesus gets what he prays for. And it's absolute, absolutely the truth that Jesus lives on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Say, the Holy Spirit lives in me. So when he has come, so, so what is he in you to do? He's, he, he's, he's going to convict you. And, and this word, you know what this word convict, it also can be translated convince. It means to convince as in a court of law. See? Because the Holy Spirit is not really, see, when you see the word convict, you just think of something negative. Well, he got convicted. Well, that has a negative connotation. Actually, the Holy Spirit is not going around beating up sinners. He's, he's there trying to convince them that Jesus is Lord. 
Now, first of all, when it talks about the conviction of sin, it's not talking about you. When he comes, he will convict, watch this, the world of sin. You are not the world. He will convict the world of, watch this. Now, you got to read this carefully. He didn't, he's not coming to convict the world of sinning. And I'm so glad he clarified this because then we don't have to leave it up to religious folks to try to put a a religious spin on it because he goes on to tell tell you exactly what the sin is. It's not sinning. It's not sins, plural. It's sin, singular. One sin, not sinning. Now because they smoke weed or they snort coke. He's going to convict the world that, that that stuff is wrong, that you, 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 you need to stop that crazy living and being on drugs and adultery and fornication. He's not talking about none of that stuff. He said he, he has come, he will convict. How many, of you, how many of you believe what Jesus said? How many of you take what Jesus says over religion? I don't care if you've been listening to it for for. for, for Decades, and you've heard that the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sins. First of all, he doesn't convict, but just of one sin, that's the only thing he convicts of. And it's not the believer. It can't be the believer, because all of our sins were punished in the body of Jesus. And once we accept Jesus, you have no sin. There's no sin in me. Now, we will all sin, but as soon as we sin, it's forgiven because of the cross. And he doesn't remember it. So if he doesn't remember it, you don't need to remember it. Thank you, Lord. And you don't need to be guilty or condemned for something you did, even if it was your own fault, because all the guilt's been removed, all the condemnation. What are you going to be? What are you going to feel condemned about? There's no condemnation of those that are in Christ Jesus. You you only feel guilty because you think God is holding it against you. How can He hold it against you if He forgot it? Lord, I know you're holding this sin against me. I spoke ugly to my wife. I know you're holding it against me. What I did, like, what'd you do? You did what? What'd you do? You're cleansed. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't even got to the good stuff yet. And... You're convicted of the world. Are you the world? No. He's not convicting you of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. So he's going to convict of three things. 
Sin, righteousness, judgment. Sin, he convicts the world of. Now, he clarifies it. So it's not left to our interpretation. He will convict of sin because. See, he's going to explain it. Say, he's going to explain it. Of sin because he's explaining the sin. Because they, not you, they is the world of sin because they do not believe in me. That's the only sin that would send a person to hell. Not adultery, not smoking weed. The only sin that will send a person to hell is not believing in Jesus. Okay? He's not convicting you of sins. He convicts of three things. What three things? He, he, can, he convicts of three things. Of what? Of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Who does he convict of sin? The world. And what's the sin? Because they don't believe in Jesus. Now, let's go on to righteousness. And of righteousness, and we know righteousness is right standing with God. Who's he talking to here? The disciples, which means he's talking to you. He convicts of righteousness because I go to my father and you. He's not talking about they. They was the world. You is the believer. Because I'm going to convict you, the believer, of your righteousness because you see me no more. What does the Holy Spirit, here's what you don't hardly ever hear in charismatic, word of faith circle, is the Holy Spirit going around convicting you of your righteousness. Telling you that you are right with God because of what Jesus has done, not because of what you do. And you, you just got through cussing somebody else out, and then the Holy Spirit says, you know what? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. He's on the inside of you. Why don't you receive his conviction? When you do wrong, when you mess up, you especially need to know this when you make mistakes, and we all make mistakes. He's there. The Holy Spirit is there. Man, see, the present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about right now. Let's take advantage of it. Most people have never taken advantage of this, this wonderful conviction ministry of the Holy Spirit. Him convicting you when you've done wrong that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. That even though you messed up, even though that mistake was your fault, you still have right standing with me. See, you don't understand righteousness until you know that you can sin a thousand times. And it doesn't change your status of righteousness with God, your right standing with God. That doesn't make you want to go out and sin. You appreciate how good he is. This wonderful forgiveness that we have. He convicts 
of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. You get anything, anything out of this today? And of judgment because of the ruler, the ruler of this world is judged. That's, that's Satan. And he was judged on the cross. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Now, say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit convicts, me of righteousness. convicts me of righteousness. Let's look at Galatians 5.16. The Holy Spirit wants you to walk in the Spirit. And I want to talk about what, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What does it even mean to be in the Spirit? Well, sometimes people make walking in the Spirit some real spooky kind of thing. And they, they think you gotta kind of have to walk around like you're like in a trance or something. Like you're not conscious of people around you. That, I'm in the, don't touch me, I'm in the Spirit. And see, they make, make this, uh, man, religion is, is crazy. And uh, it, don't, it, it, it doesn't take all of that. You don't have to walk around looking spooky. And see, that's what spooks the world. If somebody asks, well, what's wrong with her? You invite somebody to church, and they're walking around. Don't talk to me right now. I'm in the spirit. And you ask, and your, your unbelieving friend asks you, well, what's wrong with her? Well, she's in the spirit. You want to receive Jesus? No, thanks. <clears throat> you going to make me like that? How many of you know you can be normal? I'll tell you something crazy. When I get up and sleep's in my eyes and, and, I'm, and, and my breath smell because I haven't brushed my teeth, and uh, as soon as I get up, I'm just kind of walking around the house, not in the spirit, but just trying to wake up. I'm in the spirit. When I'm brushing my teeth, I'm in the spirit. When I'm eating bacon and eggs, I'm in the spirit. When I'm watching the NBA playoffs, I'm in the spirit. I'm going to prove it to you. Okay. But what we say, well, pastor, what about me? Well, you're not in the spirit because you're not a pastor. Like, no. <laughs> Same with you. you. You know, right now you're in the spirit. Let's, let's just take all this spooky stuff out. You, you know, because uh, with some people, they need certain kind of things. They need this spooky stuff to, to make them feel good about themselves instead of getting their value and their worth from Jesus. That's why a lot of people go around, they, they have to have these titles. They have to have business cards with profit, so-and-so. I'm a prophet or I'm an apostle. Don't get me on that. And we're going to get into that. Wait till we start talking about ministry gifts. Because there are people who will just walk up to you in the grocery store and, and, and try to uh, give you words and things like that. And you're supposed to believe them because of all that. They, and they need to tell you this history about how God uses them and all that kind of stuff. I'm not concerned about all that. Is what you're telling me correct? And if it ain't correct, I don't care how much history you got and how much God uses you. You know what? Let me tell you something. God uses me too. 
So let's just stop all of that nonsense. If you have something to share with anybody, I don't despise that. The Bible says despise not prophesying and so forth. And we've got gifts of the Spirit. I know them all. Okay? However, you don't go around parading that. If you have something to give to somebody, give it to them. And if it's from God, it will bless them. If it's not from God, it won't. It won't mean nothing. And just go on about your business. If somebody tells you something and God didn't already put it in your heart and you have no idea what they're talking about, they say you need to move to um, Santa Monica and uh, you don't have that in your heart, just forget about it. Well, God said that you need to correct three things. Don't be troubled and let that mess your day up. Just forget about it. I heard a, a minister, uh, a pastor, and somebody came up to her, and, and they were always giving her words. Well, the Lord told me to tell you this. The Lord told me to tell you, tell you that. Finally, she got tired of it. And then one time, she came, came up to her, and she said, well, the Lord told me. She said, wait a minute. Let me just stop you. Tell the Lord I don't want to hear it. Tell the Lord I don't want to hear it. Because if he can't tell me, I mean, I'm right here. The Lord has your address, your phone number. Huh? He's got your email address. And he knows where to find you on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you on, or whatever you ain't on. The Lord knows where to find you. He ain't got to go through somebody. See, see, some people... Everybody say this. The, the ministry of the Holy Spirit under the new covenant. See, under the old covenant, you had the prophet. God spoke through prophets, but the ministry of the prophet has changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's another subject, another story for another day. But I'm going to get to that because we're going to get into ministry gifts, and I'm going I'm to break that down to you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. But see, as this all relates, I'm here to, I want to cover you uh, as summit folk, as a a family. Don't get bothered when people come and give you these words and you've never heard of them in your life until they came. (laughs) Say, God lives in me. me. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See? Amen? Now, let's just talk about this. So walk in the spirit. That means we got to I'm in the spirit. That's not what that, we'll, we'll talk about what it means. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay. Now, what is being in the spirit? I asked this question before. Are, how many of you are believers? I'm going to prove it to you. You're in the spirit right now. When you brush your teeth this morning, you're in the spirit. Romans 8, 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So you're in the spirit. How can you not be in the spirit? The spirit of God lives in you. So you're not in the flesh. 
Well, you just in the flesh because you interrupted pastor when he was preaching. You just in the flesh. Oh, that's not what that means. You, see, see, you're in the flesh. You know, the Bible defines what being in the flesh is. It's self-effort. Ishmael was born when Abraham uh, borrowed their maid, their, the servant girl of uh, his wife, Sarah, Hagar. They were trying to bring God's promise to pass on their own, and he slept with Hagar to produce Ishmael. That wasn't God's plan. The Bible says that Ishmael was born according to the flesh. What does that mean? Clearly, self-effort. Trying to depend on self-effort, trying to bring God's promises to pass in your life through self-effort. That's what being in the flesh is. But you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. You're in the spirit. Say, I'm in the spirit. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. So then, the Bible says walk in the Spirit. What is walking in the Spirit? Well, walking in the Spirit is to continue to believe that you're righteous by Jesus' blood and not by what you do. I'm going to say that again. It's so nice. I'm going to say it twice. So you're in the spirit, right? So what does it mean to walk in the spirit? Walking in the spirit is to continue to believe that you are righteous by Jesus' blood, not by what you do. What's walking in the flesh? When you are trying to be made right with God by, or, or you believe that you are righteous by what you do, not by what Christ has done. What? Oh, I thought I was out of time. I don't know where I am. But think about the, the uh, children of Israel when they were coming out of Egypt, Egyptian bondage. Um. God had them to apply the blood to the doorposts of their homes because the death angel was going to come through the land and destroy, kill all the firstborn. Now, suppose you're in that, in that house and you're thinking, man, okay, it's going down tonight. Huh? Imagine talking to your, your, your Israeli friends and you're like, hey, man, you... You heard what's going to happen, right? Say, yeah, man, uh, the death angel is going to come through here and destroy all the firstborn, but all we got to do is apl apply the blood to the, to the doorpost. I said, oh, okay. But they could have been anxious, man, like, okay, is that really going to protect me? But that's, but that's all they had to do was to apply the blood. How many of you know that's a type of Jesus? It didn't make any difference, their obedience in the house. It didn't, it didn't make any difference how faithful they were in the house. They were protected 
because of the blood that was applied. And that's a type of Jesus. It didn't have anything to do with their self-effort. They could have been in the house tripping like, man, I did something wrong today. <laughs> I sinned today. So is, that, is, is, is the destroyer going to come and touch our firstborn? No. Why? Because they applied the blood. And today, you're right, not because of your obedience, not because of your faithfulness, not because of your goodness, but because of Jesus' goodness. It's because of the blood. Do you have faith in the blood of Jesus? Not by what you do. So you can mess up, but you are, you are protected. You are saved, delivered. Prosper because the blood of Jesus was shed for you. Jesus on the cross took all of your sins. Thank you, Jesus. He was punished on your behalf so that today you are right with God, not by what you do, but because of what Christ has done. Hallelujah. So every day, man, you wake up in the spirit. You, you, you know when you, you walk around, you, you grocery shopping, you're in the spirit. Oh, I love it. Man, because so many Christians, they're, through their self-effort, they feel like they have to work up something in order to get into God's presence. They got to go through these rituals and these steps. They sound good. And if you want to get in the spirit and you want to get into the presence of God, you really got to press in. You got to pray hard. You got, you, you, you got to spend hours. See, that's something you do. But how many of you know you're in the presence of God right now? Well, you know what? I just don't feel like I don't feel right with God. It's not by sight. That's who you are. You are right with God right now. See, when you believe that, see, see, some people say, well, what difference does that make? It makes all the difference in the world when you stop trying to get something you already have. I mean, when you realize you already have it, you stop trying to, you, you, you enter into a, a place called R-E-S-T. And he that has entered into his rest has ceased from his own works. Ceased trying to be acceptable to God when you realize you're already acceptable to God because of what Jesus has done. You're already well-pleasing to God because of what Jesus has done. So, so I cease, I, I, I quit effort. See, and the person has to come to the end of themselves to do that. You got to go all the way in. It's not this lukewarm. For years, I didn't understand that. God said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Until I, man, until I understood grace, I did not understand that. It seems like to me, it better be lukewarm and be cold. (laughs) 
talking about, God? I'd rather be hot, on fire. I'd, 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 I'd rather be hot. I'd rather be cold. Why wouldn't it wouldn't be better to be lukewarm and be cold? No, he said, because see, when he's talking about long law and grace. I'd rather you accept my grace. Hot or cold beyond the law. Don't get in this little in-between stuff. This, little, this mixture is what's dangerous. Because, see, if you're trying to uh, keep the law, go it all away. Because the Bible says that he who tries to keep the law but is guilty in one point is guilty of them all. So why would he rather you be cold or be in the law or all the way in grace is because if you're already in the law, you will realize the inability in and of yourself to keep it, and it will drive you to your knees. And it will bring you to Christ. But if you're in this no man's land in the middle of lukewarm where you're just kind of, well, he loved me today because I'm because I'm reading my Bible and praying, and tomorrow, you know, well, he don't love me because I haven't been reading like I should, and, and then, you know, he loves me, he loves me not, you know, God in the swivel chair, you know, he loves me, he's happy, you know, and then, he, you know, you, you do something wrong, and he turns his back, you know. <laughs> you, you do good again, and he, I'm back, <laughs> right? Uh, see, you, you, you live in this religious uh, mess, this mixture, but if, you, if you're cold, if you're just trying to keep the law, just go all the way. Because if you want to keep the law, you got to do the whole thing. And if you try to do the whole thing, you realize you can't keep it, and it'll bring you to your knees to Jesus, I quit. I give up. I need you. That's what happened to my friend Carl and I. We've got a, a wonderful friend, uh, Sandra McCollum. We carried her book in the bookstore, Joyce Meyer's daughter. And she has a book called I tried until I almost died. She tried to perform as based religion. She was trying to be a good Christian. She, and she finally got to the point where she said, I quit. I mean, I'm done. <laughs> Amen. And see, that's, that's a happy place because once you realize you can't do it, you just quit. It brings you to Jesus. And Jesus said, I've done it. See, religion is do, 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 do. Christianity is done. It is finished. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. When you realize it's finished, you can rest. See, that he that enters his rest has ceased high from his own works. You quit trying to earn God's acceptance and favor and understand he's already pleased with you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, how can he be pleased with me? But I don't believe that because if I do wrong, 
you know, how is he pleased with me? Because the same way that you, you're not a better parent than God is, the same way you please, well, you may not like something your kids do, but you are always 100% pleased with them because they're your child. And God is always 100% pleased with you. Before Jesus ever did anything, before he ever performed any miracles, healed the sick, raised the dead, when he was baptized by John in the River Jordan, and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, This, the Father is speaking from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Before he did anything. He's well pleased with you. That doesn't make you want to go out and sin. You, you, you want to serve him as a reflex reaction. <laughs> you understand how good he is and how much he loves you. Those are the most faithful workers in church. They're not working to get God to, to be pleased. They're working because he's already pleased. And they're working out of pleasure. I just want to serve him. I can't help myself. I want to help others get what I got. I can't help it. I can't help but to preach. That's what Paul said. It's, I labor more than them all, but not I, but the grace that is with me. He said, I work, more, I work more abundantly than them all. What I'm doing right now is easy. It's so easy. It's easy for me to study. It's easy for me to dig into this work. Hallelujah. Can you all see that? 